Ticket Water Cooler. Brought to you by Culligan of Lincoln on 93.7 The Ticket and theticketfm.com. We're back here on the Ticket Water Cooler, ready to talk some sports. Now that we're done talking a little bit of driving, let's uh, continue with our team previews leading up to Big Ten Media Days, of course, next Tuesday. So we're getting pretty close there as we're going through Nebraska's schedule. Uh, the next opponent that we haven't previewed so far is the Fighting Illini of Illinois. Of course, gave Nebraska their Week 0 loss last season. Uh, pretty good season overall, considering... What was inherited, I think, there from for Brett Bielema as his team did go five and seven and went four and three down the stretch. You could have an argument. We always talk about Nebraska being, you know, maybe close to, to nine wins last year if they would have flipped all those games around. Illinois kind of has that argument too. They won, like I said, won four of the last seven games, finished five and seven. Four of their losses came by a touchdown or less, so they were bit by the one-possession bug as well. But they, of course, did outlast Penn State in nine overtimes. Yes. Probably the most memorable part of their season last year. Um, and uh, just, I don't know. I like Brett Bielema. I like the, the I way that he do. runs it. Uh, a program. He's uh, had 14 1,000-yard rushers in 13 years as a coach. Nebraska's struggling to get one, obviously, since 2018. Um, but uh, you can expect uh, another one coming back as they've got a pretty good uh, group of running backs again. They have a third-team All-Big Ten player, Chase Brown, last year, who had 1,000 yards. He was one of those guys that got 1,000 yards. And Josh McCray is a the guy they expect uh, to step up and do well um, as the backup. So they like their one-two punch there. They also feel um, like they need a, a big jump a big change in the offense because quite frankly it wasn't very good last year and that's what uh, cost them probably going to a bowl game so they brought in a different offensive coordinator here in Barry Lenny Jr. Uh, where at UTSA he actually turned their offense from averaging 14.2 points per game to 36.9 in just two seasons so uh, he's done this before obviously now looking to do it at a higher level um, the offense last year was bad so he's starting at the bottom again 112th in passing yards 110th uh, excuse me, 112th in uh, total yards, 122nd in passing yards, 115th in scoring with just 20.2 points per game. Uh, and Looney is uh, not, the fact that he's new is not going to be new at Illinois as the last 13 seasons, they've had 10 offensive coordinators. So Holy hopefully, moly. <laughs> hopefully the fun oh right God. guy here. Uh, offense has been a problem. Looney uses a balanced attack, so that's uh, that's kind of what you're kind of thinking with Bielema. You think traditionally the, the ground and pound, so I think you'll see uh, uh, more of that coming up. Uh, also should help the offense that they bring in Tommy DeVito to battle Arthur Sitkowski. Sitkowski, if you remember, got hurt last year, uh, was probably their best quarterback. He, he took over um, for their, their starter, actually, in the Nebraska game, ended up leading them to a win. Um but now Tommy DeVito might take Arter Sitkowski's spot. Uh, he has over 4,000 career yards at uh, where he was at Syracuse, 28 touchdowns and 12 interceptions, but he's been banged up the last two seasons. So it still could be Sitkowski uh, as the starter when Nebraska lines up against the Illini. Uh, they also have uh, former quarterback Isaiah Williams as their playmaker on offense. He had over 500 yards receiving last year. And like I said, Chase Brown um, is the mainstay at running back. Luke Ford is a solid tight end. They're, Offensive line needs a few different guys to, to jump into place, and so um, 
that's probably their biggest question mark at this point, at least offensively. And they've got an offensive lineman named Alex uh, Palkeski, I believe is how you say it. Uh, he's going into his sixth year, um, which he got a waiver for. Uh, he should finish next season with 64 games started, which would be a new NCAA record wow. that probably wouldn't be beat because obviously the COVID year factors into that as well. So um, at least they've got experience there. That guy's probably like 30 years old by now. Um, the defense, again, is what they kind of leaned on last year to get most of those wins, um, and they had to turn it around. Ryan Walters, as their defensive coordinator in the year 2020, uh, was not very good, uh, and they were last place in Big Ten play. They moved that to fourth place in the Big Ten last year during conference play overall just giving up 21.9 points per game uh and uh, that finished 29th nationally uh and the, probably their best player on defense Sidney Brown uh, defensive back he's a four-year starter he's had some uh you know he's he's had some good years there um racked up 262 career tackles been all big 10 selection a few times so um that's what the that's what the Illinois Illinois fighting Illini look like this year Nebraska doesn't play them again until after their Purdue game on October 29th. Uh, a little bit different than the Week Zero game uh, that uh, stunned Nebraska last year. And uh, if you remember, too, I mean, if you follow that Illinois season, I mentioned they finished strong. They were 1-4 and four to start the year, and without sole win being Nebraska. Nebraska. So that was kind of, especially early on, that was like, this is not reflecting well. And it surely didn't. Oh, bless you. There. Okay. No, like, you. Oh, okay? yeah. <laughs> um, bless you. Yeah. So, I don't know. I, it's, it seems like a solid group. Um, I don't think they're going to be predicted to win the West too much. Looking for, again, a, a, a spurt there on offense. Um, but it's Brett Bielema. I mean, he can kind of expect what his team's going to look like. Um, and uh, no, it's going to be difficult. They had a lot of one-possession games, like I said. Um Lost to Rutgers by six. I mean, that's not a good look. Beat Minnesota, though. That's another big win for them last year by eight. Finished the season 47-14 win over Northwestern. Um, I feel like it's a program heading in the right direction. They're not being predicted um, too well. I mean, some some uh, sources I've seen even predicted Northwestern to jump them in the Big Ten West standings. Mm. I don't know. I mean, they're, they're crossovers. Uh, Michigan State at home uh, at Michigan. Uh, so maybe that kind of plays into it. Those are some difficult crossovers. They open up actually week zero as well, uh, again, with Wyoming. And then their second mm. week game is uh, at Indiana. So they'll get a chance to get yeah, off to a good start. I don't really there. care to watch that game too much. Is that week <laughs> one? That's probably going to be That'd be week least. one, yeah. That's, oh, my God. Uh, yeah, that's not going to be a fun game to watch. I don't know. I'd, Illinois is one of those, one of those weird teams that last year when you look at Nebraska's losses, you had so many – quote-unquote, good losses, teams yeah. that were good. They, it is what it is. Illinois, I don't think, gets enough credit because, to your point, by I mean, they, this wasn't a bad football team. It wasn't a good football team. There's no excuse to lose to Illinois, especially in Week 0, but they weren't a bad team. Right. They, there were probably worse losses on the schedule. I don't know if I'd go that far. <laughs> you don't think? <laughs> They're not a bad team, but Nebraska's schedule was stacked. I mean, I don't. I, I couldn't. You, I can't think of one or right away. My I think only that was one that the I would loss. Yeah, I, I guess you're you're probably right. The only other one I would think is maybe Purdue, which nine win football. Purdue team. did go nine and four, but that Eight includes two top five teams. That it, but that's a, you had four interceptions that basically decided that game. You have one less interception, you probably beat them. I don't know about that either, but I, <laughs> trust me, we can have our own conversation on who's to blame for that and how the interceptions played a factor, but. 
Yeah, I guess you're right. Probably Illinois. Yeah. It would have been Northwestern. I mean, this is a team, again, yeah, maybe they're not awful and, you know, kind of moving in the right direction for their own sake. This is one of those games you can't lose if you're Scott Frost. No. You've got to start beating these type of teams for sure. But I think in the grand scheme of things, obviously when they had beaten Nebraska to start the season, it's like, oh, my God, this is going to be really bad. Illinois is a bad football team. How could you drop this? Looking back, it wasn't that bad of a loss. Like, and then again, I hate giving out moral victories and saying, "Oh, Nebraska," and they had so many close games that could have gone the other way. I know we hate doing that, but let's not act like Illinois is Northwestern. That's why it kind of surprised me, Bach, to your point that some are taking Northwestern to pass Illinois. I don't know about that, and we've gone over Northwestern already and pretty extensively. Northwestern just a bad football team. Like I, I, I don't envision yeah, not as much that hope. For Illinois will not be that bad. Positive momentum for Northwestern. No, so no. I'd agree with that. Um, Illinois too. I mean, it, it kind of ends the stretch that people are talking about as far as a gettable um, first part of the season. Now, once you add Purdue and Illinois in there, October fifteenth, October 29th, you get a rest date. By the way, a bye week before Illinois. If that makes you feel any better, um, you'd probably want it for a different game, but you'll you'll take it. Uh, and uh, that's probably concludes the stretch because then after that you got Minnesota at Michigan, Wisconsin, and at Iowa to round out the schedule. But uh, although Illinois and Purdue, it, you know, might be kind of that middle ground, probably a different uh, category than the, the first six games, which is what everybody's expecting. Nebraska, um, I shouldn't say everybody, but those that that believe this thing moving in the right direction, they really can't afford a loss to those teams other than Oklahoma early on to make you feel like this team's taking the, the step in the right direction. And that's because they're all coming back with their own troubles, their own losses. And, and we've scouted many of them, but uh, you kind of uh, put together, Nate, uh, some numbers behind just how bad they, they were last year, Nebraska's first six opponents. Yeah, and we can – I hope tomorrow we have a little bit more time that we can get extensively into this because we had to get a commercial soon. But I, I looked at the record specifically. And just to start the season, we're not including Purdue and Oklahoma, which I think most Nebraska fans would say are the toughest two teams on the schedule in the first eight games. Yeah, If you drop those, it's not the end of the world. It is what it is. Taking those teams out, the overall record last season, and I know that things change in – there are obviously improvements at the transfer portal. You have guys stepping in that are highly touted recruits. They were twenty three and forty nine. Twenty three and forty nine. That's not like, very good. And I'm not saying Nebraska's record was any better, but for crying out loud, like this just shows you the extent. And you can even throw Purdue into that. It's thirty two and fifty three. And then if you throw in Oklahoma, the overall combined record is forty three and fifty five. So basically, where I'm getting at is that if you're a Nebraska fan and you're not drinking the Kool-Aid yet, it's time. <laughs> and it's it, you can even not have faith in this team at all, and it would be and, – and it's interesting, and this is what I want to get into tomorrow, Bach, and we'll obviously get around to it, that under no circumstance should Nebraska not be in this eight-game stretch 6-2. and two. Seriously. If we're taking out I'll, – I'll give you Oklahoma and Purdue. We can count those as losses. Personally, I think that they're going to beat Purdue, but – I think Oklahoma's toss-up game. I think they'll beat Purdue. I, I believe in Aiden O'Connell. Do I believe in the rest of the team? No, probably not. It's on the road. We'll just West say so we'll just say take those teams out. Twenty-three and forty-nine was the record of teams that you're playing last year. Like surely because of that, the schedule is so gettable, and that's what was so frustrating about last season is we had a complete opposite look at it. Like it was. 
Some publications, again, it depends on what you looked at. All of them had Nebraska in the top 10 hardest schedule. Nebraska, at some publications, I don't know how the metrics, I don't know what formula they're using, they said Nebraska had the most difficult schedule in the country. Mm -hmm. You look at the landscape of Power 5 football, and it'll obviously all filter out, and we'll look at it at the end of the season. Nebraska might have the easiest schedule in Power 5. I don't know if I'd go that It'll far. be up to 23 and 49, Bach. Well, those are bad, but you're, you're Holy excluding moly. the last four games, which isn't going to be easy. And two, I mean, that's a pretty standard, I, I would say, schedule when you look at it and you go, okay, six teams are going to be difficult and six teams we should beat. That's a standard schedule. But that's the, you only have to get one, maybe two against teams that are toss-up. And we're considering Minnesota a toss-up, Purdue a toss-up. I don't agree with that. Wisconsin a toss-up. Iowa a toss-up. I'm telling you right now, start to start drinking the Kool-Aid. It's cool, time. Cool hand Luke says, I don't know how much stock I put on anything that High Beam Brennan has to say today. But, uh, we'll <laughs> I am starting ahead. to lose myself today. That is fair. <laughs> we'll take a quick break, and we're going to try something new. I've been doing uh, box history lessons and going all the way back to the 1900s. We're not going to go back that far. We're actually just going to do the name game. There's nothing guys like more than just remembering names that yes. they had forgotten about so we'll go over the top 100 we'll do it quickly top 100 uh rushing seasons of all time how many of those are nebraskans i'll let you know coming up next here on 93 the ticket